really enjoyed the worship tonight. I have uh, um, been reminded of those many years when I was uh, in college. I am also reminded of, uh, you're talking about Ezra 20. Um, 23, I'm reminded of many of the Ezra's that I participated in and commission, commission conferences. The first one was right here in this hall and I was the leader of the first commission, uh, 88, uh, commission 88. <laughs> so I'm happy to be back and uh, my name is Peterson Wangombe. Uh, if you forget and you think cows, uh, my name is right there. Okay, so I bring you greetings from my wife, Anne, and also from the congregation at House of Praise. Uh, please give me some greetings so that when I go back, I can take them. Shall I take your greetings? All right. So today, we look at uh, Psalm 23, and I'm going to read that passage, uh, and then um, we will move on. I was trying to recite it in my vernacular. I wonder how many of us can recite it in vernacular, or your vernacular is English, uh, that is still fine, <laughs> that is still fine. But the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I'm reading from the New International Version. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. Somebody say, Amen. That is a promise that we have in Psalm 23. As we journey through the exposition today, I'd like you to think like sheep. Because we're talking about the shepherd's psalm. It's called the song of the shepherd. And I'd like you to reflect a little about sheep. And if you can put your mind as if you are sheep, that will really be helpful. And since I'm a vet, as trained as a vet, then we are together. Um, so that we can think, how would a ship be thinking? Now, I wonder whether uh, some of us have grown around ship. And a ship go in herds, they walk together. They usually would have a shepherd. But my memory of ship um, is a, an, a kind of a western type of ship, a shepherd, ship and shepherd, but an eastern type of ship or shepherd is different. The Westerners, the Westerners are those who colonized us, and so we adopted their habits. They would, if you're a shepherd, a Western shepherd, you would generally be behind the ship, and you would be pushing them. Most likely, you would have a kiboko. You would be pushing them towards a certain direction. If you're an Eastern shepherd, a Middle Eastern shepherd, you are a Jew, a Hebrew, and you are a shepherd, you will be ahead of 
the sheep. And you will be calling them by name. And they will be following you. Now, if you are a Kenyan shepherd, that is Western, you will be behind them and you will be pushing them. You probably do not have any name among them. You don't know any of them by name. Except maybe you might have nicknamed one because of uh, how bad it is. Like if it's if the one that, uh, that enters a farm fast, so you may call it a thief, like, where Moishi, uh, Moishoyo, it could be, you thief. Now, that is probably how you would treat sheep if you're Kenyan. You would be thinking how to fatten them for slaughter. But uh, an, an eastern shepherd cares for the sheep would go ahead of the ship, would have their names, would lead them. And this psalm is a tremendous reminder of what a good shepherd would look like. And you and I have been called by the good shepherd. And we will be learning that we have also been uh, given some responsibilities of also being uh, shepherds. In way of introduction... The background of this uh, psalm um, is, is a song of gratitude, song of gratitude to a loving God. We have just been singing about the goodness of God. This song of thanksgiving, a song of gratitude, is being sung by David, who himself was a shepherd boy before he became king. And many people think that he is singing this song after God has delivered him from King Saul, who was running after him. And he is thinking about running, running, and Saul and his armies are chasing him and going through very difficult circumstances. So it's a song of gratitude after going through pain. Pain coming in different ways. It could be pain of discomfort, pain of fear because you don't know where you are going to sleep, pain of worry and anxiety because you are concerned about your life. This is the background of Psalm 23, and we'll be walking through it briefly. And within the time we have, I will look at three observations. So we'll have three observations. We will have two responses, and we will conclude in way of application, we will have two brief applications. So let's begin by three observations from this psalm. When you read Psalm 23, and I think we'll, we'll be looking at it uh, verse by verse or in batches of verses, you will see three things, and there are different ways of looking at this psalm, but you'll see three things. You will see a God whose goodness is manifested through his provision. So you will see provision in Psalm 23. You will see, secondly, um, the goodness of God manifested in his protection. You will see protection in this psalm. But you will also see the goodness of God manifested in his prosperity of his people. God is a God of provision, is a God of protection, is a God of prosperity for his people who are following him. Let's begin with God, a God of provision. You will see that in verse number one up to verse number three. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He leads me, uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. A God of provision. So if you think about sheep that are in the wilderness, wandering in the wilderness, perhaps uh, um, looking for water, here is God who is the shepherd of Israel. And this psalm, after it was written by David, was sung by the Jews a lot. They sang it when they wanted to celebrate God's provision. And in these three verses, you see the Lord as a shepherd. Therefore, the sheep lack nothing. What would the sheep need? The sheep would need water. The sheep would need pastures, green pastures. They would need food. And God, who is the shepherd of Israel, is providing food. He is providing pastures. He is providing water. They lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Because he makes me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, he provides me with greenery. He provides me with pastures, with green grass, so that I can eat and feast and be provided for. And then he makes me, he doesn't just make me lie down in green pastures, he also leads me beside quiet waters. Now he provides food and he provides water. So God nourishes as a shepherd, nourishes his sheep. Now you will notice quiet waters because sheep do not like fast waters. Sheep are a little cowardly, and they are poor swimmers also. Therefore, when the shepherd takes them to water, to a place where there's water, generally it is cool water, and they would go in there and drink. Unfortunately, cool waters and waters that are not very fast are also harboring places for crocodiles. But God, as we will see later, who is a good shepherd, doesn't just provide food and water. He also provides protection against, and we will be coming to that a little later, against crocodiles and such other carnivores that would be hanging around those places. God is a God of provision. My friends, looking just back behind in my own life, I have witnessed this time and time again. God providing for me. I happen to have grown up in a very poor family. We didn't have much food. We didn't have much drink. We struggled. We suffered. In fact, I still remember one of my aunts coming to visit us at home. And uh, he found my mother had woken up very early and had gone to, uh, to look for vibaruas. Now, I was a tiny boy, and, you know, the African uh, kitchen, uh, you, you have three uh, stones, and you have, uh, then if you have a sufuria or a pot, you put it uh, on top of the three stones. So my aunt comes and finds that uh, I am hanging around, and I and my younger sister, we're hanging around the kitchen, 
there is an empty sufuria that is sitting on, uh, on the stones, the three stones, there is no fire. Because even firewood was a problem. There's only a bit of soot there. And uh, my aunt made a comment, which I, I have never forgotten, although I forgive her. <laughs> you forgive and you forget? This I forgive, but forgetting is, is quite difficult, you know. Uh, but I have no bitterness. So she used to run a butchery. And because she used to run a butchery, when you slaughter animals like sheep, then you dry the hide. You can call it skin or hide. But before you do that, you remove the fat that is remaining on the skin, the inside of the skin. And then you cut, you trim, so that the, the hide and the skin is looking good. Now my aunt said, you... You will dress, you will dress from those cuttings, those hides, skins, cuttings, because even clothing was a problem. I was a small boy, but I want you to know when you become parents that children have ears. Children have ears, and they listen, and they have eyes, and they don't forget very easily. So please, don't fight with your spouse and call each other names uh, near your children. Uh, I am just prophesying, but uh, uh, someday. So, the provision that God I have seen over and over, God providing food, when we stepped out with my mother to go look for Vibaruas, we didn't know we will come back with any unga but in the evening, we came back with unga. God provided. Even school fees was a miracle for me. And in primary school, we used to pay school fees. Even that was a miracle for me. When I passed to go to uh, high school, we had nothing. I, I, I couldn't. We tried to raise some, some money. We raised 200 Kenya shillings. And we wondered whether that now was for the box or for shoes or for clothes. So we prayed with my mother and I just said, let's go to school. We went with no money. We went to high school with no money. We pleaded with the principal to keep me and he accepted. My friends, by the provision of God, I do not remember paying any school fees from Form 1 up to Form 4. God provided school fees for me. God is a God of provision. I went back to the same school, Form 5 and Form 6. God provided. Surely, God is a God of provision. And he will provide for you. If you can trust him, if you can follow him, if you can listen to his voice like a good uh, ship, if you can obey him, God has promised that he will provide for you. The Lord is your shepherd. You will lack nothing. He will make you lie down in green pastures. He will lead you beside quiet waters. He will refresh your soul. He will guide you into paths of righteousness. Can I hear an amen from someone who believes that God is able to do immeasurably over and above what you can even imagine. 
Not because you have a lot of faith. You need faith. But not because you have a lot of it. But because the goodness of God runs after us. Hallelujah. The goodness of God runs after us. And if we are his ship, the ship of his pasture, he will run after us and will provide for us. Amen? So that was God's provision. But I also see God's protection in this psalm. Verse number four. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Another version would say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, because you are with me. General... uh, Understanding of the background of this psalm tells us that this valley of the shadow of death was was an actual valley. Archaeologists and biblical geographers have suggested that it actually refers to a particular place in Palestine that is called the valley of death. And it's been identified as the valley that runs through the wilderness of Judea from Jerusalem to Jericho. This was a gorge of about 15 miles long, and it was very, um, a, a very dangerous place. It had caves, and in those caves, um, there would be carnivores, like, uh, like uh, uh, um, animals that would eat uh, um, uh, sheep, like foxes and other carnivores. They would be hiding in that gorge. And so walking through that gorge, and the cliffs were steep, about 1,500 feet each side. So you are looking at a, a gorge or a valley that is very steep and deep, and caves all over, and robbers, and thieves, and carnivores hiding in that gorge. Can you then imagine if in that gorge, You find sheep lying down and eating grass. That would be a miracle. But this is what David is saying. That he, even though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, that I will not be afraid. That I'll fear no evil. Because the Lord will walk with me. The Lord will protect me in the darkness of that valley. God here is promising through the voice of the psalmist protection over our enemies. When you are attacked left, right, and center, and you are a believer, then the scriptures here are telling us about protection from the shepherd. The shepherd who is our God is the one who will protect us and he will take care of us and he will ensure that we do not um, eventually get eaten by the animals and the carnivores in that gorge and in that valley. My friends, there are very many enemies of Christians. All over the world now, particularly in the Middle East, there is a lot of persecution that happens for Christians. But also in our ordinary world, Christians are laughed at. They are seen as people who are not modern. 
that there there are people who are not very uh, vibrant that they are failures that they that they will suffer that they are not very progressive but i'm not looking at hopeless people right here in this lecture theater no 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 i'm not looking at people who are not progressive no 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 i'm not looking at people who couldn't make it to university no i am looking at first class people here men and women who have chosen jesus not because they lacked anything else to do i'm looking at people who are potential who are leaders right now and who are potential leaders of this nation and God will protect you. Therefore, do not be afraid even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death because you are not alone. Now, VUCAFIT. VUCAFIT is a very important program because it's been said that five years down the road after graduation, that there are very many Christians who graduated from college who do not have a testimony. That's what they say. But that's not what I am saying myself. That's not what God says. God says that there is protection out there. God says that those who love him, even when you are pressed in a corner because you are looking for a job and people want you to bribe, God says, you are mine. I will protect you. I will take care of you. And so for uh, you guys who are elders, I want to encourage you to walk out of this university and go with your head high and believe God for his provisions. And believe God for protection. And believe God that he will provide for you. Now he may not provide for you the way you want. Or the way you have planned. He may have a different answer to your desires. But God will provide for you. Do not give up. Now, those many years... Um, you know, this thing, thing about, you know, they used to say, they used to say, um, if you are a CEO member, if you are a lady or a man, they used to say, don't leave campus without someone. You know, you know what I mean? And they really pitied you if you did. But I, I happened to be the CEO chairman in my campus those days, and I noticed that the elders, not these ones, not these ones over here, I noticed that the elders who graduate, who were just about to graduate, appeared to panic. And they appeared to go on the rampage, including the, the CEO chairman. Uh, not this one. I mean, now I'm no longer a CEO uh, executive. I am not, uh, and, the, and the incoming CEO chair can do nothing to me because I am the elder. And so they went all over, as if they, have, they are panicking. When I saw that behavior, the year before and I became chairman, I said, not me. And so I am one of those very sad people who left the co college with no one. But let me just change that. One of those happy people who left college with no one by choice by choice. I just said, no. No. I'm not going to do what I'm seeing. And there's nothing wrong with, I mean, with nothing. Nothing wrong. But what I saw, 
I decided this is not Christian. I am not panicking. I know that God has a good plan for me. And when that time comes, even if I am so far away in an island somewhere, God will hear my prayers. Did he do that? Yes, he did. I have just become a grandfather. About a month ago. So, did, did God do something? Yes, he did. Will he do it for you? Yes, he will. If you trust him and refuse to panic and say, the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. Because this world belongs to him. So, I, I was posted. Those days we were not looking for jobs, we were posted. So I was posted far away in a place called Isiolo, 200 kilometers from Isiolo town, northwards, towards Wajir. And there, I, the graduates were not there, so I was looking around. Uh, I cannot see the, those CU girls. Uh, uh, they were not there. And, and uh, uh, so, <laughs> so, so what? So, <laughs> but God was there. God was there. And when my time came to get a wife, I got one. Not from there. From elsewhere. Because God was preparing for me. God does prepare for his people. Don't panic. Refuse to panic. The Lord is your shepherd. Let me go to uh, the third observation. And this is prosperity. You will find that in verse number 5. And this is what it says. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Glory be to God. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Two images that are used here. In fact, three images. The first one is a shepherd. But this image in number, verse number 5 is the image of hospitality. God is putting a table before you. In the midst of your enemies, he is giving you food right there. He is entertaining you in the presence of your enemies who would otherwise not have you alive. God is providing for you. He doesn't stop there. Now, the other picture used here is a picture of anointing. If you think about Aaron's beard, if you think about the anointing oil that would be poured on a priest and it will run down, run down the beard of Aaron, run down the garments of ordination, that is a picture God is giving us here through Psalm 23. It is a picture of prosperity. It is a picture of, of uh, nourishment. It is a picture of progress. Progress for God's people. And so, my friends, there is God's provision, there is God's protection, there is God's prosperity. Two responses that I see here. And these responses, I see them um, in verse number six. If God is all this for you and for me, what does the psalmist say? Now, let's go back to the psalm. I want you to notice here, the first few verses, 
David is giving a testimony. The Lord is my shepherd. I am giving my testimony. I lack nothing. Then he, so, so David is giving a witness of God and how God has dealt with him. But as you walk down, uh, you will see a change. So the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down. He refreshes my soul. He guides me even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or I will fear no evil for, now see the change here, for you. Now he was saying he makes me. Now David is worshiping. He has turned his face to heaven and he is saying for you are um, for you are with me. He has personalized his relationship with God. For you are with me. You are rod and you are staff. Are you noticing that? They comfort me. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm telling you that the Lord is my shepherd. He does A, B, C, D for me. Now I turn my eyes to God and say, you are my shepherd. You provide for me. You are with me. If the Lord is all that for you, if he is your provider and your protector and your prosperity, how shall you respond? And I see two uh, responses here. Number one, confidence. Confidence for future and boldness. Confidence for the future and boldness. Verse number, number, um, number six. For surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Now, here is someone who is voicing his confidence in a God who provides, a God who protects, a God of prosperity. If God is all that for me, then I will walk in confidence. I will walk in confidence. So, brothers and sisters, if you're a born-again Christian, walk in confidence. If you're a Psalm 23 worshiper, walk in confidence about the future. Say to yourself, surely goodness and love will follow me not just here, not just in first year, not just in second year, not just in fifth year, not just in sixth, in sixth year, out when I live all the days of my Life. Give me an amen, somebody. God will be with me. I have confidence. Therefore, I'm not going to panic. I will not fear anything. That is confidence, boldness for the future. I will face my, the future with confidence and with boldness. Because he lives, somebody sang, I can face tomorrow. Because I know that he holds my future. Praise be to God. Confidence because the Lord is my shepherd. But second, uh, second response is commitment. Commitment. Now look at the second part of verse number six. And I will dwell. I will dwell by choice. Where shall I dwell? I will dwell in the house of the Lord for one day. No. I will dwell in the house of the Lord only when I am in compass. No. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. That is commitment. That should be your response. 
That is my response to a loving God in Psalm 23. Confidence and commitment to dwell in the house of the Lord. Let me conclude uh, by looking at some little application here on top of all the other things that we have said. The first application for me is to follow the shepherd. I will follow the shepherd. My friends, we need to yield to the shepherd. If the shepherd is leading you, if the shepherd knows you by name, if the shepherd calls you, yield to his voice. Jesus tells us, I am the good shepherd. Now, the shepherd was holding two things, a rod and a staff. A rod is something like a fimbo. It was for punishing uh, the, uh, the carnivores. It is for protection. The rod is for protection. But there was something else he was holding. It's a kind of thing you see bishops holding. It is a staff. It's called a shepherd's staff. It is carved at the top. What is the use of that stuff? That stuff is for pulling an animal that is too excited and is just about to fall into the cliff. The shepherd has a stuff and he pulls back the sheep back to the fold. You know, when we sing here that the goodness of the Lord is running after us, that's exactly what we mean. Some of us have the tendency to wander away from the fold, wandering away, wandering away from the shepherd, from the the, the sheepfold, and wanting to find out whether uh, the grass is better outside the other fence. Jesus pulls us back. Praise be to God. He pulls you back. His goodness comes after you. If you are feeling like running away, he pulls you back. One day, I felt like running away. I was in, uh, I think I was in second, in third year. And I had just failed an exam. And I was a CU chairman. How does a CU chairman fail exams? You know, how does this, the, CU, uh, the, the CU leader, you know, and I, you have this ego and you're saying, I I can't tell anybody. I am, because they think I must pass. I'm the one who goes to talk to the dean of students, uh, the fellow in charge of uh, housing and transport. Now, I am, uh, so I I was afraid. So I ran away uh, to somewhere in town. I went and sat at the back of the church, Deliverance Church Isli. I sat at the back. Nobody knew me there. I'm coming from Kabete. I've gone all the way to town. I'm sitting somewhere like some of you. Uh, no, 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 you are not hiding there. But uh, I sat there. And then the worship was going on. The worship was going on. And, and the preacher of the day, not actually the preacher, but just before he started, his, the, preacher, the preaching started, someone stood up and said, there is a university student here. And I said, oh, uh, there must be many students here, so... He went on. There is a university student here. And the student uh, is thinking that he's going to fail. Then my ears. uh, (laughs) Are there many of us here who are feeling we are going to fail? Then I said. And then he went on and said, God, God has heard your cry. Now, 
I didn't care how many other university students were running away. I just knew God is speaking to me. And for me, the service was over. Out, back to Kabete. <laughs> the service was over. God had spoken to me. God's goodness comes after us. He pulls us back. Is there anyone feeling like running away from the faith? Come back. Is there anyone who is conflicted and wondering? Come back. God loves you and he isn't about to lose you. Following the shepherd. Follow his voice. But the second thing, um, and mainly this goes to leaders, uh, whether you are a small group leader, Bible study leader, whatever it is, there is something about feeding the sheep. Feeding the sheep because you are, so Christ is our, our chief shepherd. Christ is our chief shepherd. But he has made some of us shepherds. Maybe of two people. Maybe of three people. Maybe you are an evangelist. You are a shepherd of God's flock. Maybe you are a small group leader. You are a shepherd of five people. You are a shepherd of ten people. You are a shepherd of the Christian Union. You are a shepherd of your family back home. The scriptures tell us to shepherd God's people. Like David. David was chosen. Psalm 78 verse 70 says, He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfold, from following the ewes that had young. He brought him to shepherd Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. When you have time, look at that text again. It's Psalm 78, verse 70 to 72. It talks about integrity there. It talks about, um, it talks about commitment to shepherding. Because God is shepherding us, then we must shepherd his flock. If he has given us grace and favor, then we must be committed to helping other people get to know the Lord, get to love the Lord. We must share the gospel with other people. Luke 15 is a very important passage for all Christians. Luke 15 verse 4 to 5. This is what the Bible says. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Can you figure that out, my friends? Can you figure out someone holding a little lamb? Na that is what Jesus does. And that's what he wants you to do. If one of the sheep is broken, the leg is broken, Jesus picks it up, puts it on his shoulders. Jesus does not look for the knife to slaughter the brokenhearted. No, he picks it up. He binds it like that man who was bound on his way when he was attacked by thieves on the Jericho road. He picks it up. He, he, he will bind it. He will pour oil on it because his goodness comes after us. Praise be to God. May he help you and me think about the shepherd. This psalm, as I conclude, reminds me of that song that has been sung 
by Martin Nenstrom. He's a, a writer of the song. And uh, it's sung by uh, Universal Music, Shepherd of my soul. Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Wherever you may lead, I will follow. I have made a choice to listen to your voice. Wherever you may lead, I will go. And the songwriter doesn't stop there. He says, be it in a quiet pasture, all by a gentle breeze, the shepherd of my soul is by my side. Should I face a mighty mountain or a valley dark and deep, the shepherd of my soul will be my guide. Amen. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Oh, shepherd of our souls, thank you so much for your words. Thank you for this song of the shepherd. You are our shepherd. You care for us. You love us so much. You know every bit about us. You are concerned about us. And even tonight, you know us more than we know ourselves. So I pray for every brother here and every sister who may be experiencing a running away moment, a moment of panic. Oh Lord, that they can come back to you. That they can be restored because your goodness and mercy follow us for the days of our lives. Can I pray for anyone here? You're a born again Christian, but you have some struggles and you're wondering about God's goodness. God goodness, and you have some issues in your, in your life, and you're saying, pray for me. Just raise up your hand and put it down, we will pray for you. Thank you. Just up and up to the Lord. Up and up. Thank you. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters who raised up their hands. They raised their hands to say, I am here, Lord. It's me again. It's me again, Lord. It's me again. And Lord, we know you'll never get tired of us. You love us. You care for us. You are concerned about us. So we lift our hearts and our hearts to you, Lord. Hear our cries and comfort and restore. May your oil of anointing overflow us. May you overshadow us. May your goodness and favor overshadow us because of your love. Hallelujah. One more prayer. If you are not born again and you are here tonight, and you'd like to join believers tonight, we can pray for you too. If you raise up your hand, we can pray for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Anyone, just shoot it up and say, I am here, pray with me. I am changing my lifestyle. I am tired and I want to be a follower of Jesus. Anyone, you can raise your hand up. We will pray for you.
If you are a little afraid, you can pray like this. Dear Father, I come to you and I repent my sins. Forgive me. Write my name in the book of life. And give me boldness to confess and talk to my friends about you. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 I'd like us to conclude with that last verse. And you can say it by, uh, by heart. And surely, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Let's say it again. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much.